Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Welcome to Hurt at Sports Radio. He'll play it along near side Barkov. Barkov zips it rink wide a lane. Reinhardt's the front of the net. A shot. He scores. Sam Reinhardt, the overtime winner. It only took 15 seconds. The Panthers win it 4-3 in overtime. Lillard's into the front court. Drives on Durant. Puts up the floater. Rims around and drops. Damian Lillard delivers again. He's got 15 of their last 17 now. Gillespie back out on top to Nikola Jokic. Jokic guarded by Jackson Davis. Split the defenders. Little floaters up and in. 29 for Nikola Jokic. And it will be down the base. OG cleared for takeoff in Big D. 106-95. Two hands for safety. Embiid has it. He'll shoot for three. That's up and good. All that on one play. Jojo triple. Sixers by four. 23 for Embiid. It's on the four-minute ball. It was out there. Step back fires. Nine right three over the end. Nothing but that. To take it under money ball. Timeout Cleveland. Good morning. Welcome in on a Thursday. What up? Uh, that's Andrew Rogers. I'm Ravi Lula. Not like when I was signing off yesterday and I felt like I was Andrew Rogers. <laughs> I'm Ron Burgundy. Uh, yeah, I'm, yeah, I need my teleprompter. Where is it? Uh, welcome in to Hurt At Sports Radio. We are live from the Hurt At Sports Bar and Grill. Live on AM590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities. You can find us on Twitter and YouTube as well. We've got a uh, jam-packed show for you mm-hmm. today. We're getting, you know, we got the pretty heavy football Fridays that we do. We're kind of getting a little heavy on the, the pre-football Thursdays <laughs> as well. Uh, as when, when not much happens on a Wednesday night outside of Husker tr- Volleyball. It's true, yeah. You kind of get, uh, get to that. Well, it was, a little, it was a little bit of a slow night last mm-hmm. night. Um, you know, for, we, for Husker Volleyball, too. Yeah, they, they came out a little sluggish, mm-hmm. it seemed like. Uh, dropped a set to Northwestern. And not only that, that first set went into extras. I would say, yeah, it was a, it was a struggle the whole time. It seemed like, and so you know, I, I don't really know what to make of that. It's you have those nights throughout mm-hmm. the year, and obviously they came out on top still. And moved right, and it was still three one, so you can't yeah. like knock them too much. It, I, sometimes in volleyball, I just wonder if it's uh, kind of just kind of just luck. Um, and and I say that in like the most respectful term mm-hmm. because. When you are drawing up your play, right? You know you have you have your your bump set kill, right? Mm-hmm. Well, like when you're at the net against these ladies from from Nebraska who are you know six four, six five. I I, I don't even know how tall yeah. they, they they actually are. But when they jump, like they jump so like they take up a bunch of the net mm-hmm. whenever you're trying to. Uh, have a kill attempt. Mm-hmm. And it just seemed like Northwestern was finding the window. 
like squeezing yeah. it through the arms or just getting it off of Becca Alex's hands and, and off to the side or, or Andy Johnson. You know, yeah. there were just moments where the ball would just go Northwestern's way over Nebraska's way, and I think that's why it made it so um, so close early on in that match yeah. until Nebraska started – getting into rhythm and well, even when they did get into rhythm in that second set they were up like four or five points mm-hmm. Northwestern would just come right back and uh you know rally together some points so it was um I don't think it's like hey like uh this is this this is a critical error um yeah. and Nebraska needs to to really assess this this week but it does go to show that hey when things don't go right even a team that's 11 13 can be competitive against you yeah, well, and it's, you know, there's, I think there's, I did think they looked a little sluggish coming out, so I think that was part of it. Um, I do think you're right with the, uh, luck is probably the right, the right term for it, kind of the. Well, it's the, not really skill, right, if you really so, think about it. So, a lot of times, like, they're, they're just going up and they're hitting it, like, mm-hmm. as hard as they can. Now, the best of the best can direct the ball, so, like, that's, yeah. that's the skill there. Um, right. But if I'm Northwestern. I'm just trying to get it past Nebraska's front line. Yeah. So the goal is to just hit it as hard as I can, maybe get a lucky bounce, goes out of bounds, boom, I get the point. So the, the way that I kind of think about it, there's two sort of analogies that came to my mind immediately. One, I think, is probably more similar, but I think the other one actually makes more sense. So I'll give you both here. You know how when you're at the line of scrimmage and, and a quarterback's throwing the ball and you've got hands everywhere? Mm-hmm. I think – sometimes it's almost the reverse of it. Like sometimes guys get their hands up and it's just luck that they, they knock the ball down, right? The timing's a little bit different. The arm angle's a little bit different, whatever. It's sort of the reverse of that in volleyball where it's missing the arms is, is sometimes the, the luck. I mean, obviously you're trying to find windows in both scenarios, right? And sometimes whether you do or not is a little bit of a, uh, a variable that you can't control. Um, the other one is where I think that's, closer to to more pure luck is is baseball right like you get those seeing eye singles and things like that Like you can smoke a ball right at a guy you get nothing for it right mm-hmm. and then you've got a Luis Gonzalez blooper over shortstop because the infield's in and they win the World Series and in, in with the Diamondbacks and Yankees and 20 years ago whatever it was you know so to me there's you know you can win or lose a game in baseball Almost entirely on luck. Can you win a, over the course of a series or a season? Probably not. But in these kind of individual matchups like we saw against Northwestern and Nebraska last night, weird things can happen, right? You can hit every ball just right on the button, but it's right at a mm-hmm. guy. And we've both played in games like that, I'm sure. Or you have the frustration that comes yeah, with that. Or you can be hitting the ball really poorly, and it's just finding holes here and there, wherever. You end up losing a game. You're like, they didn't hit a hard hit ball all night. You know, and so sometimes bleeders get you. Yeah. And so it, it kind of feels like both of those to me where Northwestern, obviously they're trying to do certain things, but on most nights it probably wouldn't have worked mm-hmm. as well as it did last night against Nebraska. And part of it's also because, it, like I said, it, I thought Nebraska looked a little sluggish. They didn't look quite as energetic as they did for as they do for some of their other mm-hmm. matches. A little sleepy. Yeah. Uh, I will say this, too. There was one and, and the reason I bring up. You know, a kill close to the net. There's four arms going up mm-hmm. on Nebraska's side, <laughs> and Nebraska finds a way to shoot the or Nebraska Northwestern finds a way to shoot the field goal. And you know when when two 
two members of the front line go up. Mm-hmm. They go up together, yeah. right? So, yeah. like, they, it, it, it's really like you're putting up a wall. I couldn't believe watching that volleyball go right through right? both of them. Yeah. Like, and, and that's why I, I, I see it as, as luck a lot of times than not. But um, when, you get the, when you get really talented players on, on Nebraska's side of the floor, like Harper Murray, um, Merritt Beeson, like two of many mm-hmm. that can control where they're going to put the ball, which is why they get the ball so many times for kills. Like yeah. the, you'll get uh, – Harper Murray gets up there so high, mm-hmm. and she can either hit the back line, which wasn't challenged, could have been challenged in that first set, and uh, – the, the point would have been given to Nebraska. Doesn't matter. They still won the first set. Yeah. Um, or she can lightly touch it because the back row for Northwestern's thinking that she's going to pound it toward them, mm-hmm. and she'll find the middle of the floor. I mean, the, st- the strategy behind the quick thinking mm-hmm. always amazes me. Oh, yeah, for sure. With the best of the best yeah. on the volleyball court. Yeah, and, and it's, you know, it's, Again, we say luck not to be disrespectful because there obviously is a ton of skill no, and strategy. But I think luck is in, in all sports. Yeah, absolutely. I, I, there's, there's luck in football, like you said, baseball. There's luck in basketball. You don't hit half-court shots in basketball <laughs> at, at the buzzer and call that skill. Unless, like, you're, unless you're Steph You just Curry, don't. But, um, I mean, I watched college <laughs> basketball teams in town when I worked at UNO. They yeah. would end practice shooting half-court shots, and they couldn't leave the court until one person made it. Yeah. There's a reason, that they, there's it, a reason 20 <laughs> balls were shot before somebody saying, made it. Sometimes it took a pretty long time. Um, you know, but there's, especially on those blocks and stuff like that, I mean, you're talking, but the difference between in and out when a ball like deflects off a hand, sometimes you're talking about like a centimeter away on somebody's hand makes the difference between like that ball's going in versus going out. Mm -hmm. So that's why we say like, there's an element of luck, right? Because that level of precision is hard to replicate on a every play basis, right? So uh, every point basis in volleyball. and, And like you said, it's, it's that way. That's kind of one of the things we like about sports, right? Is that there is these variables that aren't controllable. That's how you get upsets. Yeah, that's how you get upsets. Is, is people get hot, people get lucky, and and that's kind of the fun of it. Obviously, we don't want upsets in in college volleyball right no. now because or, when you're or, the, or down the stretch of the season, yeah. <laughs> when you're the king of the mountain, you like to stay there. You don't like upsets. Yeah, but. we'll take the chalk. Yeah, let's <laughs> let's go chalk the rest of the season. You know, Texas got upset last night. They got swept by Kansas mm-hmm. State. Um, which was, you know, kind of. I didn't end up. I didn't see that one, but um, you know, that's that's how things like this, like that, happen. And luckily, the uh, the Husker volleyball team was able to come out with a win last night. But um, so, congratulations to them, going twenty four and zero. Keep it up. Another one on Sunday. Keep it up. Just keeps on rolling. Um, listen, we've got uh, TK here on the Warhorse Sportsbook hotline. Uh, we were going to get to Michigan a little bit later, but TK had some thoughts that he wanted to uh, join uh, join the show and give us now. So, uh, TK, what's going on, bud? Morning, fellas. How we doing? What's up, TK? Good, how are you? Oh, no damn paradise. I want to <laughs> preface this off with I'm not a lawyer, nor should you be taking my advice just generally. Uh, <laughs> just so. as a person, don't take your advice. <laughs> Yeah, uh, this is purely a, an educational exercise. Okay, but I'm ready to learn. A lot of the, a lot of the people, and I think this has stemmed from what Joel Klatt said last week, are talking about how Michigan has this right to due process, and you can't do anything to them, uh, like the NCAA nor the Big Ten can do anything to them without this 
some sort of administrative process and investigation. Um, but people are just kind of throwing around due process. Like they, they just don't understand what it truly means. So we get that from the 14th amendment and, and like quoting from the 14th amendment, it says that no state shall deprive any person of life, liberty, or property without the due process of law. And so, like, you can equate that life, liberty, and uh, per, uh, and property to, like, a con- any constitutional right. So, and that state part doesn't have to be, like, the state of Nebraska or the state of Kansas. It can be somebody who is the functional equivalent of the state. So, like, a school board or, um, like, uh, things that are called called state actors where, like, maybe they privatize the garbage system, and that's, like, something that um, is generally a uh, state-run function. So that person, the person who owns that place is essentially the state that those people, uh, the state or a, a state actor, have to be the one who deprives you of that due process. It's been long held since, since like, the 80s that the NCAA is not considered a state actor because it's too big. There's no one state that it works in, and it encompasses private and public universities. And so you can kind of think of this, at least in my opinion, like the Big Ten – is um, a small NCAA where, you know, it has the private schools, the Rutgers and the the Northwesterns, and it spans across tons of different states um, that it can't be tied to any one state. Thus, it does not owe Michigan any due, due process of law under the 14th Amendment. So it the Big Ten, at least on that front, could just bring any, like, punishment at once uh, to Michigan before any administrative process. There might be some other policies that they have to follow of their own rules, but, like, this whole due process nonsense are just legal words that, like, the lawyers at Michigan, which I'm sure they're really good because, duh, (laughs) um, just kind of throw out there to, you know, draw up some scare, some, some, uh, Fear of litigation. Mm-hmm. TK, we yeah. uh, we very much appreciate the call there. Uh, That's do you have interesting. Any, do you have any follow up questions there, Andrew? Well, okay. Oh, well, he's gone. <laughs> That's right. So I, I think I think TK's point, which I, I appreciate, is well. Essentially, I was just going to ask him is to dumb it down uh, so, a little bit more. Yeah. So and I think I can do that for him. So basically, what he's saying is due process is a very specific legal thing. Correct. Right. Which is essentially being fair. Yes, right. it is. You basically, it's it's why people have a right to a fair trial and things mm-hmm. like that before right. they are theoretically imprisoned or or whatever the punishment is. Right. So the the concept of due process does not does not qualify under these types of. And, and that made sense too because he was saying that only the states have yeah so um, like st- the power to do yeah, so yeah so like a state or state actor so like any one any government or someone mm-hmm. acting on behalf of the government right? right that's what state or state actor means whether it's the federal government whether it's the state government or anyone acting on behalf of those people um, so the the use of the term due process is and 
this is kind of the thing that I was I took away from Michigan's statement yesterday was they're basically just threatening to sue the Big Ten. If I mean that's that's basically <laughs> right, what that's, the, that's all they have though. Yeah, that's basically was the entire point of the statement was like, hey, if you punish us before the NCAA investigation, then we're gonna sue you. And the only and they're like, we have ten lawyers that are ready to go. Well, and and listen, Michigan has some of the best lawyers in the country. That's it's a, one of the best law schools in the country. So I'm sure they do. But I'm sure the Big Ten has great ones too. <laughs> I'm sure that yeah, those they're probably a bunch of Ivy League guys. If I had to guess, <laughs> well, one of them who's in the acting role yes. as commissioner <laughs> yes. is a Harvard lawyer. Yes, that's pretty good. Um, but the uh, honestly, the the whole I think it all comes down to. They know that the NCAA investigation is going to take forever because they always do, and they don't want anything to interrupt this season. So if they say, hey, just wait for the NCAA investigation, we'll mm-hmm. take our medicine then, they're giving, they just want to give themselves a clear path for the rest of this football season. Well, they're buying time. Yeah, exactly. That's, that's all they're that's doing. all they're trying they're to do. They're buying time so they can have Jim Harbaugh on the sidelines against Penn State this weekend. They're buying time yeah. so that he can be on the sidelines against Ohio State. They're buying weeks, yeah. time so that nothing is affecting uh, J.J. McCarthy's playoff. Heisman yeah. voting or Which, college football late. playoff. And like just, the, just the negative press is going to affect J.J. McCarthy's Heisman it, voting. And you're like, probably right. But but in terms of an actual punishment, yeah, they're just trying to buy themselves time so that they can finish this football season in whatever manner it plays out in order to try and win a national championship, mm-hmm. try and win a Big Ten championship. Um, but TK makes a very good point in that people use words like due process in places where they just do not. Well, they, use, they also use big words yeah. to confuse and, the rest of the and people. And to scare. Right. Basically, they're trying to scare the Big Ten and, and into, like you said, the fear but, of but litigation. But what's funny is due process isn't scary. Like in this case, when you have all, no. all your ducks in a row, yeah. due process is like the, the easiest thing to, to, to laugh about. It's also because uh, the Big Ten has so much power over Michigan because they are yeah. their superior in this moment. Yes, Michigan brings in mm-hmm. a ton of income for the Big Ten, but yeah. don't think the Big Ten doesn't do the same for Michigan. Yeah. And plus, Michigan like foregoed their right to even argue the Big Ten by when staying in the Big Ten or being a member of the Big Ten uh, because it's like being a student. And Big Ten and the Big Ten's the teacher, yeah, right. If the teacher tells you, the like, Big hey, Ten that's wrong, even though you think it's yeah. not wrong, the Big Ten makes the rules. The, the Big Ten is allowed to put you in timeout. Yeah. So basically, the only the only argument that Michigan can have, and because the due process thing is really just like they use that word to say, hey, if you don't go through these steps that in a way that we like, it's kind of a broad catch-all. If you don't go through the steps in a way that we feel comfortable with, which is like, hey, if you penalize us before the season's over, we're just going to claim you didn't go through due process. <laughs> That's all they're saying, really. And good luck. It, it's not like anybody respects the NCAA's process anyway because everybody thinks their investigations are a joke because they mm-hmm. are. So basically all they're saying is, hey, if we don't like the way this goes down, we're going to sue you. That's all they're saying with that part of it. And the – the other argument that they made in their response yesterday was that, well, we would never listen to such a low-level staffer like Connor Stallions. And it's like, we literally have video of him standing next to your coordinators <laughs> telling things. Like, there yeah, is actually- and, and reacting to yes. an audible 
on the football field yes. before anybody else, and then you see seven other people raising yes. their arms in the air. Yeah, like he's literally talking directly to coordinators and on-field coaches during games, and it is affecting the way mm-hmm. those people are signaling, signaling in he plays. He wouldn't be whatever. on the front line. He wouldn't if, be on the sideline. He would, but, no, in all honesty, you yeah. wouldn't be on the front line with your coordinators and head coach if he didn't mean something yeah. to the game or to them. And they obviously know who this person is. They obviously listen to him. Otherwise, like you said, he wouldn't be – not everybody just gets to talk to the coordinators and head coach during games. You don't? No. There's, there's no. Like, I, don't you, know. I can't just walk up to Matt Rule during the game and be, I mean, and listen, be good to go? There's probably there, – I would guess there are people on the support staff that have zero contact with most of their head coaches during games because that is not their job. That is not what they're there for. And you get too many voices in a coach's ear, and it, it's going to drive them crazy, number one. And number two, it's going to distract them from the things they actually need to do. Usually you have a pretty, like, core group of people. And, like, the position coaches will talk to the coordinators. The coordinators will talk to the head coach. I don't think you have much people outside of the coordinators having direct contact Mm -hmm. with the head coach during games unless he goes and talks to them, right? So it's not like you're going to have Connor Stallions up there just chatting up, like, just chopping it up with coordinators and head coaches just for funsies during a game. That's Mm -hmm. not how this works. The other point to this is that – it's a violation of the sportsmanship policy. And what is the sportsmanship policy? Let's go back, and I want you to listen to the key word here. Okay. Maybe I emphasize it. Maybe I don't. Okay. Petiti has executive authority to determine to launch an investigation and whether to punish a team if he deems an offense has occurred. So what does this boil down to? Whatever Tony Petiti feels, right? It's- if, if he thinks that something happened – he has the power to do it, whether Michigan likes it or not. Yeah, it's, it's very similar to the NFL's policy they put in place with Commissioner Goodell where he kind of gets – there's kind of a catch-all policy of – and I don't remember what they call it in the NFL. Um, but several years ago, I think it was it's probably like a decade ago now, they put in a policy that the commissioner kind of gets – free reign over mm-hmm. punishment and all these types of things. And there's like, listen, you can appeal, but there's not a lot you can do about it. Cause the appeal also goes to Roger Goodell, which is not a great appeal system, <laughs> but that's the way the NFL set it up. Tony Bettini is, is basically the Roger Goodell of the big 10. He gets free reign under the sportsmanship policy. And I'm sure that's why the sportsmanship policy is in there for things like this. And by the way, Michigan broke actual rules, too. <laughs> like, let's not forget that. Because Michigan threw the sportsman, pol- sportsman policy out there. But only because they were getting heat for getting punished before the season. That, the only way to do that was the sportsmanship yes. policy. For, for that one, yes. But they were also throwing it out there uh, being like, hey, Penn, uh, Rutgers and Ohio State, they, they violated the sportsman policy. It's like, yes, maybe, because we don't actually know, because it's just whatever Tony Bettini feels like the sportsmanship policy is. But you guys broke actual Big Ten rules, like mm-hmm. written, non, uh, non-gray area, like very specific, non-ambiguous Big Ten rules. You cannot scout in person, and you cannot video record. Is that just a Big Ten rule or an NCAA rule? I'm not sure, but I know it's a Big Ten rule. I don't know if it is uh, uh, across the NCAA. I would guess it is. You would have to think. But I know for sure it is a Big Ten rule. Can you imagine? It's allowed in the ACC, but that's it. <laughs> I imagine I imagine it's got to be a, uh, an NCAA rule because there's an well, NCAA yeah. investigation. Right? Well, and not only that, yeah. you can't have a college football playoff with a bunch of different conferences and allow 
one team to in-person scout their conference to get there. So they, I mean, you're theoretically you're right, but they the conferences do have different rules, so it is kind of goofy sure. in that way anyway. But because there's an NCAA investigation, it, it's safe to assume. I haven't looked it up, but it's safe to assume that it's not legal in, under the NCAA rules either. So that's the big difference. Is like, yes, there's a sportsmanship policy in which Tony Petiti can be like, hey, yeah, I don't like how you acted here. You're getting punished. But they actually broke real rules too. It's not just Tony Petiti having a vendetta against Michigan. It's like, hey, here's video evidence of you guys breaking rules. What do you want me to, like, how much more due process would you like? Uh, coming up next, we will have more of the Herd Out Sports Radio Show with Andrew Rogers and myself. I'm Robbie Lula here on AM590 ESPN Omaha and ESPN Tri-Cities.